Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Welcome, everyone, to Live Dharma Sunday for July 31st, 2016. Koyo Kubose here. So very, very glad you joined us this weekend. We are hosting some out-of-town guests, and included in them is a seven-year-old. Tell you a little bit about her. Her name is Brooke. And I haven't uh, spent any time around youngsters for a while uh, around our place. And I had some observations about the preciousness of young children. You know, adults, we get kind of, um, I guess... As you get older, a little more inhibited, not in a bad way, but just we slow down uh, and we don't get, we get jaded. I guess that's a good word. Um, And we lose the enthusiasm of uh, young children. It reminds me of the fact that Gautama Puto was a very pragmatic person and in his Eightfold noble path, you know, right understanding, right views, right speech. Also included is right effort. Um, it's not passive. Sometimes you might think of spirituality or a very spiritual person as being passive and quiet, but not necessarily so. Most religious uh, illuminaries, especially leaders, they're very uh, passionate people. How they show that might vary, but uh, they know about right effort. Also, one of the Buddhist virtues or paramitas, um, famous six paramitas, um, Dana, which is charity, 
giving, not just material things, but giving of oneself, helping out, uh, right <clears throat> meditation. One of them is uh, you know patience, kashanti. But one of them is virya in Sanskrit, which means well vigor, enthusiasm. Wow. Well, I like to tell you about my personal experience that I experienced yesterday. Um, since this was the first time for Brooke and her family to come visit uh, our property here at the Breitbaum Center in Corsfold, you know, we're on six acres and uh, we have paths that go around in the back of our property and so forth and with a lot of... Um, Scenic spot, the rock, the power pine, the you know, Dharma throne seat, the, the orchards back there, and all these things, the memorial garden area, and so forth. And when I take uh, visiting groups around, you know, I have a sort of a spiel. I sort of tell something about these various spots along the way, sort of like a guided tour in a way. But it's very different if. You, if a young child is there. Why? Because as we went around the walk, uh, as I pointed out something, uh, she's very uninhibited. So, wow, look at that. Hey, me. You're going to find adults saying things like that in that kind of fashion. But as we if something catches her attention, she goes to explore it. She doesn't just walk and observe. She she goes into action. She goes over there and finds these rocks and looks around and sees all kind of things. Um, it was quite obvious that this wasn't going to be a quick walk around because along the way, well, she got involved in something, and we just waited for her to, you know, get through exploring that particular spot. Um, and I think that's that was very impressive. Going, doing, not just observing. Yeah, for you, right effort, right on. <laughs> and another impressive thing was. I have a, a small orchard area, and I have a peach tree there, a pretty good-sized one, and I have a, a fence around it uh, to keep the deer, keep the deer out. And um, this is a what they call hardware cloth, or um, it's a wire, one-inch mesh. And I cut it to make uh, a little section that can be used as a as a gate. Okay. But when you cut this, it, these little uh, the one inch inch mesh. You know, when you cut in the middle of that, you got little little barbs sticking out the ends of the wire where you cut sticking out that are kind of sharp. Um, so anyway. 
when we came to the peach tree, we said, oh, you want to pick some peaches? He said, yeah. So I opened up the that wire gate. She went in and picking some peaches, and then she came back out, and then we were going to move on. And she, I, I overheard her saying to one of the adults, showing that she had scratched her arm. So, oh, what happened? She said, oh, you know, on the little sharp things. And then she was still bubbling, and she said, oh, as long as there's no blood, uh, it's okay, you know. Along the way, we have there are a lot of things along the way, along the hike, in life, whatever. Okay. Uh, how to take them in stride. How to how not how to how how not to victimize oneself. It's not what happens to one exactly, but it's how we deal with these things. What their attitude was. She owns it. That is a nice phrase, you know. The thing doesn't own her. She owns what happened. Dings or mishaps or you know. Uh that was very impressive. I mean, for a seven-year-old, talking like that, reassuring, and explaining how, why it's okay, and she wasn't going to be detoured, detoured on enjoying this this little hike we went, and we went into the sanctuary and all this stuff. We have a peacock that comes to visit us. And boy, that peacock uh, really creates a lot of excitement because it's pretty tame and cashew nuts right out of our hand. It looks like, well, he does have a sharp beak, but their eye-beak coordination is pretty good. And um, so that always creates a lot of excitement for children and adults alike. So I learned quite a bit in terms of being reminded about fresh enthusiasm of youth. And I'm, I just right now just had an association of one of my favorite quotes from George Bernard Shaw. Youth, something goes something like, youth is so wonderful, too bad it's wasted on the young. <laughs> well, well, well. I want to introduce a person to give us a Dharma glimpse today and we, you know, some people do it, give a Dharma glimpse live on our show. And some, if they cannot uh, do it live, they tape it and send it to us. And, and then I can activate the tape talk. Um, and our guest today, Michelle Joyo, who is part of our Lay Ministry 6 group, we're, we're now on our nine and tenth group, uh, and she lives in Florida. And she sent us an MP3 of her Dharma glimpse for today. But we just found out when we were checking it out that there were some technical difficulties, and the volume was really low. The auditory quality was really low, so we didn't want to frustrate any listeners. And so Adrian said that she would. Uh, she had another Dharma glimpse by Michelle Joyo entitled Stuff. And she really enjoyed that one, Adrian. So, so in lieu of the 
MP3 that was sent to us that the auditory quality was kind of poor. Adrian's going to read Michelle Joyo's Dharma Glimpse on stuff. Adrian? Okay, thank you. It begins, George Carlin had an entire stand-up routine built around stuff. He said that your house is basically just a place to keep your stuff. Well, my husband and I decided recently that we'd accumulated entirely too much stuff over the years and really needed to get rid of a lot of it. We thought we might as well try to have a yard sale to see if we could get a little money uh, out of getting rid of things. And anything not sold at the end of the day would go to the Habitat for Humanity thrift shop. We spent a Saturday sitting in our driveway, surrounded by enough stuff to fill a large U-Haul, wondering how on earth it had all fit into our house to begin with. Not that many people even stopped, and the ones who did mostly just looked around and then left. We sold very little. So when we decided to just pack it up and call it a day, we contacted Habitat, the Habitat store, to come pick up the rest while we brought the books to donate to the library. When we got back, the Habitat store had been there and had actually left some stuff behind. We couldn't even give our stuff away. So why had we been holding on to it? How often do we find ourselves holding on to the stuff that clutters our minds? When we hold on to things like ego or anger, clinging, restlessness, doubt, or boredom, we are cluttering our minds the same way our stuff clutters our house. We aren't leaving room to cultivate mindfulness. We are holding on to things that we don't need and that others don't want. If we could just step back and say, I need to empty this space, we are taking the first step in clearing ourselves of the clutter that prevents us from developing Think about it. If your room is cluttered, you can't really see what you have in the room. Maybe you are looking for something, but it is behind a pile of books, or it is stuffed in a junk drawer. So if your mind is cluttered, how clearly can you see it? If you can't see past the stuff to what's going on in your own mind, how can you cultivate wisdom or happiness? The Buddha said, Monks, one who has not fully known and fully understood aversion, delusion, anger, contempt, who has not detached his mind from it and let go of it, is incapable of putting an end to stress. But one who has fully known and fully understood aversion, delusion, anger, contempt, who has detached his mind from it and let go of it <clears throat> is capable of putting an end to stress. Part of the path to the cessation of suffering is to rid our minds of these mental processes that we cling to and carry with us. We manage to clear out some stuff from our house. I like to think I also learned a lesson in clearing some stuff from my mind. <clears throat> the end. I think all of us can empathize with accumulating too much stuff. Even though sometimes a 
person feels, oh, I'm really bad at, you know, uh, thinks that they're the exception. But, no, I think just about all of us uh, have the tendency to, there seems to be a, whether it's a human law, a physical law, where empty spaces don't stay empty. (laughs) Things just accumulate through the process of living. Sometimes we say things like, oh, someone who was uh, raised during the Great Depression, they have a, you know, subconscious habit to not throw anything away, string, bags, and ties, and all kind of things, but and of course, there's probably some matter of degree, but so many of us, if we have a garage, if we have a basement, if we have an attic, things all pile up over the years. And after a while, it becomes so much that it's hard to say, okay, today I'm going to clear some things out. Because it's a big job when it's so much. Uh and then, isn't it instructive if we say we use that as a metaphor for how about our mental stuff that we hold on to and um, we don't realize it. It's as though we have all these cassette tapes or, <laughs> or things, you know, and they're all in our mental library or filing cabinets and then we run these tapes when certain situations seem appropriate. We say, oh, ah, okay. And um, it, it does make for clutter and no space in which to operate in new ways and in fresh ways. You know? So we hold on to our mental stuff. How do, how do we let go? See, it's not just when we talk about letting go... It could be like something bad happens to us or or even good things. We Sometimes we hold on to them uh, in, in, in a not very uh, positive way. Um, <clears throat> time blast or something. You know, we can't let go of certain expectations, uh, fears, desires. Um, and it, those things interfere with operating and being in the present moment. Um, So how do we let go of this ordinary accumulation of all these kinds of tapes, not just the tapes that that we have in terms of how to respond to to an extreme event, positive or negative. And Another thing that I just experienced myself, I'm not sure exactly how it dovetails in with this, what we're, the topic we're talking about, um, but we get, a, a, in the mail, I'm sure all of us do, get catalogs for, you know, household things. And looking through a catalog is kind of a certain kind of an activity that a lot of us will enjoy, sort of like window shopping. And we have no idea in our mind about anything that we might need or looking for, but we just browse through here and say, oh, look at these interesting items. Oh, 
somebody devised this kind of product. And, but invariably, if you do this, it's very dangerous because you might buy something that otherwise you would not have bought if you didn't look it up, look in that catalog. But an interesting thing happens. Maybe, you know, you all have, everyone has experienced this. You look at there and say, oh that's, oh, that's just what I need for a particular situation and problem we've got in the household. So you mark the page or you circle the item, looking through the catalog, and maybe you circled a dozen items. Oh, it would be nice to have this. Oh, yeah, that's just the thing. Well, <laughs> don't place your order right away. Just put that catalog down and let a few days go by. Invariably, after a few days, when you see the catalog again, you happen to see the catalog and say, hey, uh, should I order some of those things? There were good ideas and they're still good ideas, but somehow that immediacy of, of the sale, of the buying, is gone. You say, ah, you're not going to miss I'm not going to miss it. You know, you could have spent hundreds of dollars. Spur the moment. And you couldn't let go of it. It, it gripped you. That's what sales is all about. Close the sale right now. Okay. Smart buyers, they say, I will decide whether I'm going to buy this or not. I'm not going to be sold on it by the salesperson. If you listen to infomercial, <laughs> man, it's almost impossible not to buy it because it's only 19.95, and if you order right now, you'll get two of them, one free. And then if you respond within the next 15 minutes, we'll throw in extra this thing. Uh, very, very uh, impulse buying things. And we'll, it makes for a lot of clutter or physical clutter in the house. And our minds, uh, we don't realize all the formats or whatever you want to call it that get triggered off and how our minds work and how we're influenced. Um, so that's very interesting. And I think that it would be of great benefit for us to use these, this aspect or this topic and apply it to our own situations in creative ways about how to get rid of certain kinds of mental stuff, ways of operating, expectations, and so forth that do victimize ourselves. A lot of times it's not a matter of, you know, when we say we got a problem situation, and we say, oh, if I could find the right answer to this, a lot of times that's not, that's not the proper strategy. It's not a matter of trying to find the right answer. It just get rid of the existing things that interfere with an open mind. That's all for today's broadcast. Till next time, keep going, emptying out, and you have a very beautiful day. Thank you.